No one expected Glenn Cunningham to run in the 1936 Olympics in Berlin. No one. No one expected him to win. No one could have ever foreseen that he would become the fastest miler in the world. Because when Glenn Cunningham was a little boy, he and his brother went to the Arkansas schoolhouse, one-room schoolhouse, early on a chilly morning, and they decided they would light the stove so the other students would have some warmth. They were little boys, and they didn't understand the difference between gasoline and kerosene. And they grabbed the wrong can. They didn't grab the kerosene can. They grabbed a gasoline can. And, of course, there was this incredible explosion. Nine days later, his brother Floyd died. Glenn would live, but the doctor was going to amputate both of his legs. The mother begged him, do not amputate his legs. I will take care of him. I'll take the bandages off. I'll put new bandages on every single day. I'll bathe him. Please do not amputate his legs. So they didn't. But they come home from the hospital, and they got another problem. Glenn can't walk. And so the father and the farmhands or the farm just decided they would take him out to the fence and stand him up on a post. And Glenn would stand to that post, fall down. Stand up on that post, fall down. They would, they would just come around every so often and pick him back up. And finally, Glenn was able to stand for a little while. And then he began to take a couple of steps. And then he started jogging one day. And once he started jogging, he never quit. He started jogging, then he started running, then he started racing, then he started winning. This was an amazing runner who actually retired in the 1940s from running. And that would be a great story if the story ended there. But it's the next 47 years of their life that actually was a better story. The next 47 years, he and his wife Ruth moved to a farm, owned a ranch in Kansas. He became a public speaker. And he would go from town to town, city to city. In the meantime, they had 12 children of their own. Now, that's not amazing. That's nuts. Okay? They had 12 children of their own. And what they began to do then is people found out about their big ranch. And so they said, can we bring our kids there for a, a week or for a month? And so over the period of 47 years, Glenn and Ruth Cunningham had a total of 9,000 children that went through their ranch in the next 47 years. That's a good part of the story, too. But I think the story is even cooler. And the fact that every city that Glenn Cunningham went into, and he would be a speaker, an inspirational speaker for somebody, some company, he would find a hospital, and he would ask them, is there a kid in here who's got, been burned like me? Is there a kid that's had an accident, somebody paralyzed, somebody lost an arm, somebody lost a hand, somebody lost a foot? And Glenn Cunningham would walk into that hospital room and show them his legs. And he would say to that little girl or that little boy, if God can use scarred legs like me, he can use you. What can he do with your life? And I love that story because, you see, he discovered the power of a purposeful life. That's why we're here today. That's why you're alive. You have a desire deep within you to discover a purposeful life. Every one of us in this room, that potential within us, we want it to be ignited. 
There's not a single person in this room today that doesn't want to discover the power of a Power of, a, of a purposeful life and, and the potential within you, you want it to be ignited. But in order for that to happen, there has to be growth. We understand that. For us to discover it, for us to ignite it, there's got to be growth and growth and growth. That's not the hard part. The hard part is what causes growth, and that's change. Change must occur in every one of our lives. I really think that's why you're here this morning. I think you're here because you want to grow. I think you want to learn something. I think you want to be something. I think you want to discover the power of a purposeful life that God has in store for you. You want to ignite that potential that is deep within you. That's why you're here. But change, doggone it, if it just wasn't for that word change, life would be a whole lot easier. Why is it so hard to change? Do you find it hard to change? How many of you are like really super flexible people and you change all the time? How many of you are in the room? About eight of you, okay. How many of you in this room, it's really hard to change, change is hard for you, same patterns, you drive the same way home every day, okay? Turn to the person beside you and say, I don't need to change, but baby, you do. Change is hard. It's really hard. But without change, there's no growth. Without growth, you will never ignite that potential. You will never discover the power of a purposeful life. And so let's talk about change this morning. I want to give you a couple points about uh, change that you might want to write down in your your bulletin. I want to use a template this morning from John chapter 9, and we're going to talk about how Jesus changed people. But why is change so hard? Well, first of all, if you don't see the value of a needed change, you won't change, right? You, you get that. If you don't see the value of a need, if, if you don't see the value in going to church, you're not going to go to church. If you don't see the value of reading your Bible, you're not going to read your Bible. If you don't see the value of prayer, you're not going to pray. If you don't see the, the, the value of sharpening your skills, if you don't see the value of, if you're not really good with confrontation, and you don't see the value of getting good with it, if you talk too much or you talk too little or you're, you're like too quiet or you're too loud, if you don't see the value of change, you won't change, will you? Now, the second point, though, is even if you see the value, am I willing to pay the price? Because there's always a price to change. I, I may see it. I may know I'm full of pride, but I'm not willing to be humble. I may know I'm not, you know, doing a good job as a dad or a mom, or, but, but, but am I willing to pay the price to get the skills? I, I keep losing these jobs, and I'm not really sure why I keep losing the jobs. Am I willing to ask somebody who I value to help me? Am I willing to pay the price to change? So we all want to discover the power of a purposeful life. And we all want to live a life where that potential within us is just ignited so we can do something great and be something for God. But am I willing to pay that what? Price. That's always the $64,000 question that comes along. Well, here's what Jesus does. He, he meets a man who's blind today. And in John chapter 9, verse 1, he, he gives us this amazing story 
So you get the picture that Jesus and the boys are just, you know, strolling along from town to town, village to village, and he saw a man that's, that's been blind from birth. So here's what Jesus does. First of all, first slide. You will have some type of an encounter with Jesus. I guarantee that. You will not go through your entire life without an encounter with Jesus. You will always have some type. Jesus has come to you already. You've encountered him at a church service. You've encountered him at a conference. You were at grandma and grandpa's house, and after apple pie and chicken, they wanted to talk to you about your relationship with God. A youth group, Costa Rica, 44 of our students went to Costa Rica. They came back on fire for Jesus. You will always have an encounter with Jesus Christ. He will do this to you. Look at verses 2 through 5. His disciples asked him, well, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind. Well, neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but I want you to know that this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Then verse 4, as long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming. You see, you've got only got a little bit of time when you can live your purposeful life. You've only got a little bit of time where you can ignite the potential that is inside of you. Night is coming we, we, when no one can work. And then verse 5, he says this, while I'm in the world, he says, I am the light of the world. So the first thing that will happen to you with change is Jesus will have some type of an encounter with you. Your encounter won't be the same as your neighbor's encounter. Your encounter won't be the same as my encounter. He is so creative, so distinct, so unique. But everybody in the room, you will have encounter after encounter after encounter with your Heavenly Father. So this is what he says next. Look at this. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud, which would just make the guy unclean, by the way, in the Jewish culture. He made some mud with the saliva, and he put it on the man's eyes. Here's the second piece to change. Look at this. You will be touched by Jesus. You'll have an encounter. It's a youth group. It's a conference. It's a women's conference. It's a men's Bible study. doesn't matter. It's a connect group. doesn't matter. But you will have an encounter, and then you will be touched. Now what do I do? I have been touched by my heavenly Father. My heavenly Father has reached out and he's put his hand of favor on me. I have been touched by him. What do I do? Look at these verses. Jesus told this man, he won't tell you the same thing, but this man's blind. He told this man, he said, go and go wash in this pool of Salome. And the word there, Salome, just just means sent. Back in October, 31 of us actually saw this site. 31 of us, this last, I said October, September, last September, we actually saw the pool of Siloam. It's a whole lot smaller than what you think it is. It's really close to the city of David. It's really close to David's house. In fact, at this point in our tour, we were walking from the house of David to this pool of Siloam, which is only maybe a block away. Absolutely fascinating. So we were there. That's actually one of our team members actually took that particular picture. So here's what happened next. What did he do? He goes home and he washes. So the man went and he washed. And guess what happened? He had an encounter with Jesus. You see, you see something then that was always there, but you couldn't see it. 
So just to back up with change, first of all, you will have some type of an encounter. God will come to you. Maybe it's a verse, you know, from a friend. Maybe it's a song on the radio. Maybe you're in a boat by yourself. Maybe you're taking a walk in the park. You're out at the beach. God's not limited to where you are or what you're doing. He loves you so much, he will always reach out to you. He's not limited to your geography. So you will have an encounter. Second of all, you will be touched, and you know it. You may weep. You may well up with tears. You may just pull over if you're driving, you know, stop at the causeway and just, God, thank you. Thank you for touching me. But you'll have an encounter. You'll be touched. And then you'll be able to see something that you've never been able to see before. Why? Because he wants you to discover the power of a purposeful life. And he wants you to ignite that potential which is deep within you. And he wants them to use you to give him amazing glory and to be able to help his church, help his kingdom, whatever it is. So you will see something that was always there, but you were blind. Look at the next piece to this then. So now what do I do next? Well, now I've got to trust him. And maybe that's the hard part for some of you. I had an encounter. I was touched. I'm able to see oh my gosh, now what do I do? Am I going to trust him? I've always trusted in myself. I've always trusted in, and you just fill in the blank. And now, wow, I'm going to put my trust in him. Look at these verses that go with this. How then were your eyes opened, they asked the man. He replied, the man they put, the man they called Jesus. Now I want you to notice something in this story. This man, first of all, only recognized Jesus as a man. Then he will recognize Jesus as a prophet. Then he will recognize him as the Son of God. And then he will recognize him as the Messiah, the one who is to be worshipped. What a progression. Isn't that just like what Jesus does to your life and my life? I can't handle it all at once. If he revealed everything to me at once, I'd probably be paralyzed, right? I I couldn't go forward. And so this man has a progression. He says, "The, the man... They called Jesus, made some mud, he put it on my eyes, and he told me to go to Siloam, and he told me to wash. This is what I did. He took the appropriate steps. Look at the next slide. He took those steps. Now, let's talk about this piece for just a minute, because this is when you can see your need for change. This is when you see the value of a change in your life. And and by the way, God's always going to come to you and be changing you. He will take you where you are, but he will never leave you how he found you. I want to say that again. He will take you where you are, but what? He will never leave you where or how he found you. And so he loves you. He loves you. He receives you. He accepts you. But he's got great plans in store for you. He's got great, great purposes in mind for you. And so if, if there's things in your life, you know, I'm, I'm greedy, I'm lustful, I'm, I'm really not very humble, I'm, I'm really anxious and fearful all the time, I'm really a control freak, or I'm really scared and, and I'm way too passive. Whatever it is in your life, 
God's going to take you and have an encounter with you. He will touch you at the area where you need to be touched. Why in the world did Jesus say to the woman at the well, I think you've had five husbands and the one you're shacking up with is not your husband. You look at that story, it was going pretty well. Jesus, why did you throw the emergency brake? Because he will always have an encounter with you where you need to grow. This took me a long time to understand because I kept failing the same lessons. Do you ever feel that way? You're not going to fail. You're just going to get a chance to take the test over and over and over again until you get it right. That's what he does in your life. And so now there are steps that have to be taken. I know he's real. I'm going to put my trust in him. Now how do I change so that I can grow so I can have that potential within me ignited so that I will be able to discover the power of a purposeful life. I love that Glenn Cunningham story. And in that same story, I was reading about one of the young men that he went to go visit. So he goes to a hospital, and there's a boy that had an accident, and he's in the hospital for a total of six months. And during the fifth month is when the story takes place because what happened was the boy had been lying there for five full months and his knees and his hips were now frozen in place. And the little boy could not walk. And there were two physical therapists by the name of Brenda and Maureen. At the fifth month, they got him into a wheelchair and they pushed B for basement at the hospital. And he said, that's never a good sign when they're taking you to the basement in the hospital. I thought that was kind of funny. So they go, they push B, they go down to the basement, and Maureen and Brenda, because they don't want to embarrass him because he's going to be screaming so loudly, they clean out a broom closet. And they put this little boy in a broom closet, give him a towel to bite down on, And for days and weeks, they work on his knees, and they work on his hips, and finally, they're able to thalm, break it loose, whatever word picture comes to your mind. And finally, after, you know, about a week and a half of just excruciating pain, he's able to walk. And he's in his early 40s today. And he said, and he writes about this story, and he said, everybody thinks that change and growth should be comfortable. He said, growth and change are never comfortable. In fact, he has four points from his book that I think are fascinating that I want to share with you right now. And maybe you agree, maybe you disagree. But the first one is, he said, stretching leads to growth. And they had to stretch him. They stretched his skin. They stretched his knees. They stretched his hips. They had to stretch him. Two physical therapists named Brenda and Maureen, he said, they saved me or I wouldn't be walking today. But he said it was the most painful experience he could ever imagine on life. Maybe childbirth's worse. I don't know. He doesn't know. I'm not going there, okay? I'm not going there. Stretching leads to growth. Number two, growth is frequently painful. I don't know that I've ever grown without pain. I I don't know that I've ever... School is painful, right? If you're a kid, school is painful. 
choosing truth and righteousness over sin. I had a buddy of mine in Memphis, he said about sin, he said, we're, we're, we're good at it and we like it. I thought that was funny. We're good at it and we like it. I mean, it's, it's painful to always walk the straight and narrow. It's painful. Who wants to have pain in their life? But we want, we want the growth. And so he said, stretching leads to growth. Growth is frequently painful. Number three, he said, growth is the only evidence of life. I thought that was profound. And you think about this. If, if you're still stuck spiritually where you were three years ago, you're, you're, not, you're not changing and you're not growing. And then the last one, I don't know if you agree with the last one or not, but he said in choosing not to grow, he said we choose actually to die. And so here's what happens in our story. Let's go back to our story. What happens? So he, there's results. This is, this is another blank for you. So I went, what? And I washed. And what did I do? Look at the next one. And I found that I could see. So I took the appropriate steps to change. I needed to change. I went and I washed. I went to the pool of Siloam. I trusted him. I could now see that he was real. I had an encounter with him, and I would place my life in him, and I took the appropriate steps, and look at the results. Now, what happens in your life when you step into an area of trust is you will get results. There will be amazing results in your life when you decide to not just trust him. That's good. But when you decide to take the appropriate steps, and when you take the appropriate steps, then there are all of these amazing results. Look at the next verse. It says this, because here's what's going to happen next. You have an encounter. You see him. You're touched by him. You trust him. You take appropriate steps. But here's what's coming. Here's what's coming. I want to warn you. Here's what's next. Where is this man, they ask? Here's what's coming. I don't know, he said, but resistance and pressure are coming. And if you read this story, if you grew up in Sunday school, you know about the next 14 or 15 verses are all about the interrogation. And this blind man who can now see has come back into the area of the Pharisees and the religious leaders, and they're just beating him up, just beating him up, just beating him up. How can you see? Who is he? What did he do? How did he do this? You know, it's the Sabbath. And every time in your life when you start to grow and change, there will be pressure. And there will be resistance. And sometimes it even comes from people in the church. And sometimes it even comes from people who are your family. And sometimes it even comes from people who are your friends. But, but count on this. You will have resistance and pressure. Look at what happens next. The second time they summoned him, they said, give glory to God by telling the truth. We know that this man is a sinner. And look what he says next. He says, you know what? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's a sinner. I haven't got the whole Sabbath thing figured out. I, I don't know how he did it. I don't know if the mud was magical. I don't know if his spit was magical. I, I, I don't have a clue. I don't know how he did it. But there's one thing I know. There's only one. One thing I know, I was blind, but now I can see. I know this. See, I had an encounter with him at camp. I know this. I was there at that women's conference. I know this. My grandma and my grandpa, they shared truth with me. I felt the Holy Spirit. I know this. 
I was at a church service and God spoke to me, God touched me. I know this. Hold on to your encounter, friends. Hold on to what you know. Hold on to that experience that you had with the Heavenly Father. Hold on to that experience you had with Jesus because you're going to need it. Because there will be pressure and there will be resistance. And so why do you have these encounters with God? Why does He give you those encounters? So that you can have confidence to put your trust in Him. I I don't know all these doctrines. I don't know all this theology. I don't know why my prayers were answered here. I don't know why my prayers weren't answered there. I don't know why so-and-so ran off with the church secretary. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But here's what I know. A Speedway, Indiana police officer invited my dad to a campus crusade for Christ Bible study. When we were not going to church, we did not have anything. to. A, a Speedway, Indiana police officer invited my dad to a Bible study, a neighborhood Bible study. And it changed everything. He went. My mother went. It has changed the trajectory of my life, of your life, of my kid's life, because one police officer, one cop, invited my dad to a Bible study. I was 14. My dad was 40. When we both got saved and we both got baptized into Jesus Christ, it has changed everything. Hold on to your encounter. Hold on to what you know. And all of your encounters are to build trust for the next crisis of your life. The reason he gives you these encounters and the reason he gives you this assurance is because you're going to have a a crisis tomorrow. You're going to lose the college scholarship. You're going to flunk chemistry. You may go through a divorce. You may lose your business. You're going to have to hold on to something. I don't know if he's a sinner or not. I don't know how he did it. I don't have a clue. But there's one thing I know. I was blind, but now I can see. And that's the whole point of this story. Your encounter will ignite the potential within you. Your encounters with Jesus will help you to discover the power of a purposeful life. You see, look what happens next. When you can see, when you're able to see finally, oh, I I get it. I, I can see this. Then you gain the confidence because the one who is in you is greater than the one who's in the world. And you begin to gain confidence with this. I know God's in me. I can see it. I can feel it. Look at the next one. When you begin to experience all that, you start changing. You start growing. No temptation has overtaken you, but such is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. able. In that next slide. But when you're tempted, he will also provide a way out. He will give you a way out. And when you start realizing, God just gave me a way out of that temptation. God just delivered me from that. You gain confidence because you can see it. Look at the next one. When you know you are going to change. For it is God who works in you both to will and to act according to his great purpose. And then you begin to live differently. Look at the last one. Then you live. Not that I've obtained all this. I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus, he took hold of me. I had an encounter with him. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. 
But one thing I do, I'm going to live, baby. I'm going to live. I'm going to forget what was behind. I made all kinds of mistakes. I'm going to strain toward what is ahead. I'm going to press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Why? Because Jesus changes everything.